What's good, everybody? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by DistroKid. They are the go-to for digital music distribution and the easiest way for musicians to get your music onto Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, TikTok, YouTube, and more. They offer unlimited uploads, and artists keep 100% of their earnings in stores 10 to 20 times faster than any other distributor. Fastest payouts. They help out with automatic splits, cover song clearance, and all kinds of other amazing tools and templates to help you get the most visibility for your releases. I dig this company and really appreciate their business model that offers more features than any other distributor at the most affordable price possible for solo musicians, bands, studio artists, DJs, and any other creators that are producing music in their home. And they also offer label services as well. They're distributing over a third of the world's digital music at this point. And the best part about DistroKid sponsoring the podcast is that they are offering Dan Cable Presents listeners 30% off your first year of membership, making their already affordable services even cheaper. Check out the link in the episode notes. I will also put it in my Instagram bio in the link tree. Click that link and it will give you 30% off your first year of service. Super stoked to have DistroKid sponsoring the podcast and can't thank them enough for their support of this thing. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by Produce Row Cafe, located in inner southeast Portland. This spot offers free music on a weekly basis, as well as other monthly events. Every Sunday from noon to 2, you can catch DJs spinning vinyl and local beat makers curating tunes to go along with their delicious cocktails and brunch menu. They've got this banging breakfast sandwich, and aside from the free tunes and the weekend brunch, they've also got a solid lunch and dinner menu throughout the week. And now that it's fall and winter is approaching, Produce Row has their patio covered and heated throughout these rainy months. So if you're feeling stuck inside, this is a great place to come catch some tunes, grab some drinks, and eat some food. Link for Produce Row Cafe will be in the episode notes. Now let's start the episode. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning into the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Tuesday and if you want to help support this thing in a free way you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes clicking write a review giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so and that will help propel this thing into the tops of the iTunes charts giving it more visibility helping strangers find the podcast just a great way to contribute to the growth and sustainability of this thing and I appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken the time to do so. Uh, if you're not listening on Apple, just hit like, follow, subscribe, wherever you are listening from, or share the podcast with a friend. Leave a comment on a social media post. Help penetrate the stupid algorithms that we are all fighting against so people can uh, see what we are creating and putting out 
into the world. I've also been dropping some monthly playlists on Apple and Spotify. Those uh, links for those are in the episode notes. The November one is uh, is definitely up there, so you can check that out and stay tuned for new ones every first of the month. And I uh, hope everybody is doing all right out there finding ways whoa just witnessed an accident happen right now in front of me i'm recording this episode in a uh oh dang we're we gonna pull out too nope there uh, i thought they were gonna i thought they were gonna pull off definitely have a smoking vehicle airbags have uh been deployed looks like everybody's okay though it wasn't uh it wasn't anything that looked super intense i don't think anybody is injured which is uh hopefully nice uh, actually i i don't really understand what is happening with this other vehicle it's kind of, now it, it has potentially slammed in to another vehicle this is crazy all of a sudden we're doing i'm doing eyewitness news here i was not intending for for any of this to happen i don't know is the uh should i be like everybody Again, I think everybody is all right. I'm not just being an asshole here and uh, just sitting in my car and observing other people's uh, misery. But I'm recording this episode in a car because I'm currently on tour with my friend Isabeau and um, just needed to find a quiet space to be able to to record this thing so i uh just hanging out it's a very rainy day here in santa monica i thought i might be able to maybe do this podcast while i walk around the neighborhood but that that is not happening and uh just wanted to jump on the mics solo to talk about the uh the tour happenings here dang did the other car take off can't tell now. Just see this. I'm gonna get out. See what's going on. Did this other car bail out? I can't. I can't tell. No. It looks like. It looks like they're they're sorting it out now. Should I go up to them with the microphone? That'd be like a real, real fun move. If I just go flash the, uh, flash the microphone in their face. Tell me what, from your point of view, actually happened, and uh, which one of you are at fault for this. No, it looks like everybody. There's no hit and run situation. They are uh, they are on the phones. They're they're figuring it out. But anyway, I'm in the car recording this here in Santa Monica, California. I'm on tour with my friend Isabeau, and we are uh, getting towards the the final show here of this 11 day run which has been absolutely amazing and and super fun to uh get to be cruising around the west coast with her after being such a big fan of her music for so many years and and a big supporter and it just feels uh cool that i am uh having the opportunity to accompany her on the road is her her second driver and uh um you know person to to drive her crazy for for 10 days or so but it's been very rainy like dumping rain and i'm from southern california so i know 
that once this stuff starts happening on a day like this, it's going to be a real mess on the roads. Like there's just going to be lots of accidents and whatnot, not unlike the one that I just witnessed. Um, <laughs> but because it's rainy, I, uh, I'm kind of stuck in the car doing this. I thought I was going to maybe take a walk to a park or just kind of walk around the neighborhood, but that's, that is not in the cards for episode 333 of the podcast, which is just going to be a little solo tour diary episode, which I have had the pleasure of doing, uh, a lot more of these than I had anticipated going into this year. I did not know that I would, uh, have the opportunity to spend so much time on the road doing some tour managing gigs this year. I think after this run, I'll have spent a good, I don't know, 10 to 11, if not 12 weeks on the road, mainly traveling with a band called High Pulp out of Seattle, Washington, and then doing this 11 days with with Isabeau on this west coast run for her music and that was not something uh i thought would necessarily be a part of my year but i'm i'm very grateful that it has been it's uh it's a very special way i think to get to see different parts of the country and uh and get to trek through some some places that I am familiar with. It's uh, I think it feels very cool to me to get to revisit some some cities or that maybe have meant a lot to me growing up, or just even getting to come back to where I grew up under these particular circumstances of traveling around with a a band or a musician. And when I left Southern California almost 10 years ago, I had so many big goals for myself to uh, really lean into the things that I wanted to be doing with my life. And I think that uh, 27 year old Daniel would be a very, uh, not would be, he is very, very stoked about, uh, what keeps bringing him back to, uh, to these parts of town. It, it feels, it feels really good. And I'm just, I continue to be, uh, grateful and, and stoked for what I am, uh, what I'm doing. And, and this particular run of shows had some dates and some cities that I was really looking forward to getting back to. And, and one of those being Ojai, California, which is this, uh, this real gem of a place that's hidden up in the hills outside of Los Angeles in Ventura County. And, um, up until 15 years ago, my grandparents lived there and I grew up going there as a kid and spent so much time up there and it's just this really amazing place that maybe as a kid you don't quite appreciate as much as you do as an adult it can uh it can maybe feel very boring as a kid but i still have very fond memories of this place and um it it reminds me a lot of uh life maybe when it was uh what I would consider to be a a bit more simple, that's for sure, you know, and, and maybe, uh, 
a time in my life that I felt a little bit more peaceful at times or I just had a lot less to wrestle within myself. So I was so excited to get back there and this really nice woman and amazing songwriter, Lauren Sexton, who has a new project called Strange Confetti that she's just getting off the ground helped us set up this amazing show in this really cool community space up there in Ojai called Greater Goods, which is ran by this this dude Vaughn who puts on shows up there and it could not have uh, been any better and was, uh, I don't want to say it was everything I wanted it to be, but I feel like it was everything I thought it could be. And uh, it was just so nice to to get to hear Isabeau play her songs in that sort of space where everybody is uh, very attentive and is open and wanting to not only hear the music, but to hear the stories that go along with the music and got to see Lauren play music for the first time. And and her songs are just... uh, so great and we got to spend some time with her the following morning have breakfast and get to know her a little bit more and that was just really nice getting to hang out in Ventura at the beach the following day was really cool my grandma took me to that beach so much as a kid and just uh I spent a lot of afternoons boogie boarding at the Ventura beach and just, uh, so many great memories and, uh, had some time out there on the beach to just hang out and, uh, and to take it all in. And Lauren's sister, Megan, who played violin a bit with her that night, let us crash at her place with her husband, Kyle. And they were just such nice people they have this bookstore in ventura this independent bookstore called timbre in town and uh they were just very sweet people and uh just very thankful for all of the people that have let us crash with them along this run but it feels good to be out here and i continue to uh really enjoy the the touring life it can feel rough sometimes as far as the amount of rest that you're able to get on a day-to-day basis it can be a little unpredictable in that that way sometimes but overall i just i do really like kind of getting into a city and getting out and moving on to the next place and it's definitely great if there's uh some time to hang out in that place but that's not always the case but there's uh there's something that kind of simplifies life for me in some ways of of just knowing that i gotta get up get in the van or the the car and move on to the next place and i just really enjoy the people that you encounter that you have no idea that you are going to come across and the the people that you might actually end up forming relationships that last more than just that night that you met them in that random city. Um, the first venue show on this tour was in Boise, Idaho at the Neurolux, which is such a great venue in Boise. And Boise has become this place that I've really come to enjoy the the last couple of years. I've gotten to go out there for the last two Treefort Music Festivals. So it was nice to get to, to dip back through there and, and kind of know places in the city and be familiar with it. But 
Isabeau opened up for this band called Good Looks out of Austin, Texas that night. And uh, just shout out to all of those dudes, Jake and Tyler, Phil and Robert. Just so nice from the get-go of walking into the venue. They were in there and had just finished up soundcheck and you just kind of never know what the vibe of the other artists on the bill is going to be and uh i was already a fan of their music so it was awesome to meet them and just find out how warm they were and just immediately kind of hit it off with them and uh you know within 15 20 minutes they invited us to go grab dinner with them. It was uh, one of those fortunate nights where there was a few hours to kill in between showtime, sound check, and, and showtime. So we went and got dinner with the, the dudes from Good Looks and, and just had such a good night hanging out with them and, and getting to know them. And uh, I was talking with Tyler after the show and it, it's just like not always do you get the the quality of music from an artist but then also find out that they are a good hang and uh, they were definitely a good hang and I hope to have them on the, the podcast in the future and just keep in touch in general with, uh, with those dudes. So if you're looking for a new band to check out, definitely check out good looks they are uh they're really great they put out a, a record not too long ago and i know that they're uh when they're done with this tour that they're on they're they're heading back to to start laying down the next one so i'm, I'm definitely eager to to hear those tunes but episode 333 is one that i have been mulling over for a long time now and just trying to figure out what might be the the perfect guest and um i know that 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 number may not have any big significance to to most people out there but my friend Braden hamilton who passed away just over four years ago and whose birthday it was just last week was obsessed with the number 333 and always found a way to connect it to things and uh it's it's one of the the things that that anybody that was in our friendship circle knew about him and um when we all got memorial tattoos when his first birthday came after uh his passing in 2018 none of us got the the same tattoos but they all uh have some nod to this this 333 and i've been thinking about you know this episode for a long time and what would be a cool guest and i think that when it comes down to it there there just is not really going to be a a perfect episode and i've been thinking about that a lot just uh that it doesn't need to be perfect and and maybe the the best thing to do is just uh is have the solo chat and have some opportunity to uh talk on the mic about what that significance is of the the 333 and um as much as i would like to have 
you know, gotten one of his favorite bands on the podcast for this, or, um, maybe something that was, was relevant to it. It also, uh, feels nice to have the opportunity to, to jump on the mic and, and share what it's like, I guess, with the grief process four years later, or just, uh, the ideas behind uh keeping his spirit alive and it's uh it's nice to to have it close by my side for anybody that that doesn't know my friend Braden Hamilton produced the the theme music for this podcast so it's nice that that plays every time that this podcast starts and is a, a special thing to me. It was a, a beat that he had produced called So Pitted, which is up on the SoundCloud of his. I'll include that link so you can check out some of his tunes that exist up there. There's not um, there's not a whole lot of recorded material from him that exists on the internet, but there there is some on the SoundCloud, and, and it's always nice to to revisit that and get to get to hear his voice a bit but uh that 333 thing man i i see it every day it feels like it's it's crazy when someone uh kind of brings your attention to something that is seems to to not be erasable from your mind and uh i'm glad i'm glad that he was kind of obsessed with that because it's uh, it's definitely another thing that that gives me the opportunity to uh to connect with him even though he's not present in this uh this human form if i see the uh the time hit 333 i was uh you know i want to say what's up to my friend or if i see it in in something else it's uh it's just another opportunity to to be reminded and i carry a lot of those reminders around with me whether it's the the cassette tape on the back of my leg with his fog of war song titled on the on the cassette tape and that 333 on it or um the relics i keep around my my studio space with his hats and beanie and pictures of him and and artwork and whatnot it's uh i i was talking with I was talking with a friend all on last week's episode of the podcast and just the importance of keeping that spirit alive, but also understanding some of the power that you have in, in keeping it alive. And I think that I feel a lot of, uh, responsibility to do so. And maybe some to a fault at some points, I think it's, uh, some of it's some guilt that goes along with that, that grieving process. And I, and I kind of came to that realization late last night when I was thinking about him and uh, maybe some of the, the weight that I feel in my heart in regards to the loss of him is just that last few months of his life, I, I didn't have a lot of communication with him. He, I met Braden in Portland, Oregon in uh, 2013. We both moved there. I think we he started working at this pizza place that I was working at called Pizza Cotto, and he started about a month after me. I just thought he was potentially this fucking California bro the first time I saw him, and I was just like, oh, God, who is this guy? Made my judgments, and uh, 
two days later, he was my, my first friend in Portland. Once I got to talk with him, I, I just, uh, immediately connected heavy to him. We played music together a lot and we, uh, yeah, he was truly my first Portland friend that didn't have any connection to my family that I knew when I moved up there. So it was, uh, it was a big deal to me to find somebody that I could play music with and I could share my songs with, and we would, uh, you know, someone to, to bear your soul to someone that you felt comfortable doing so. And, and somebody that, that really held space for other people a lot of the time and outside of, of working on music, we just hung out a lot regularly grabbing food with one another. And I think we were each other's counsel at times, which was, was really important for both of us moving to a new place. And both of us had a lot of, uh, big ideas or, um, goals or dreams of what we wanted our new lives in Portland to be. And I think we were both really striving to be better people. And we just spent a lot of time together. He eventually moved into a house with my other friend, Ryan and I, and we lived together for about a year and a half and, um, had the pleasure of, of getting to walk into him playing music a lot of the time. And I got to, always hear what he was working on and got to dive inside of the mind of this incredible music producer slash multi-instrumentalist composer just dude had an unreal ear for for music and um taught me a lot and also gave me a lot of validation in the some of the things i was creating myself which was always nice but in uh i guess in 2018 or so you know after forming this friendship over four or five years he moved away from portland to to salt lake city to uh maybe get away from the accessibility of of some of the the vices that are uh easy to get your hands on when you live in a city like portland oregon and he moved to, to salt lake to try to reassess some things and, and clean his life up in some regards. But I think I just, I feel bad that, that we weren't as close after he left. I think I felt like maybe he, uh, needed some space for what he was trying to do. And I was trying to allow that space, even though he, he never verbalized that was something that he needed it just uh seemed like he was trying to disconnect from some some things in in some ways and and just kind of personally made sense to me to uh allow that space so it wasn't like we had no contact and we were definitely supposed to see each other uh, a few months before he passed but uh yeah definitely had been two or three months since I had last gotten to talk with my friend. But when something happens tragically and, and suddenly like an overdose, it's hard to know that you were, you were running out of time and there is some guilt there for me. And I, uh, I know that that is the nature of friendships, especially long-term ones where 
with some people you talk every week or every day and with some you talk every few months and you you catch up for a couple hours and i know that that's uh just like a hard thing to to deal with when you lose somebody so suddenly and you don't know that your your time is expiring with them and that you maybe should have called a little bit more but we tried to see each other a few months before when I was coming through Salt Lake City on a tour and schedules just didn't align and I just wish I would have tried harder to to make them align even though it was it was kind of out of the control of both of us for what, where we were at but it just uh, it feels significant that that opportunity to just even say hello and, and get get one of those Braden hugs in would have been uh really nice on that trip but i didn't know death or grief would would shape me in the ways that it has and when isabel played in san francisco last week at the knockout on this tour on her her friend bean who also played on that that bill in san francisco was speaking about grief before playing one of their songs and kind of setting up the context for for the tune and and how going through grief and loss is is something that can really reveal some things about yourself that can change you and shape your life and I just felt like I was in that room for a lot of reasons that night one being that being helped put that show together and that I was uh my my mission was to be alongside Isabel for this this run of shows, but I think so many people show up to see music and gather seeking some sort of understanding or healing, or maybe they aren't necessarily even seeking it, but they come to find it and find something they didn't know that they needed. And being talking about this particular song just... Uh, provided so much affirmation and and i think it's uh it's powerful when you can find that in somebody else's experience and it really does take away from the loneliness of it so i i found it no coincidence that uh you know right around celebrating the day before what would have been brayden's 37th birthday i was listening to bean talk about uh this particular song that just resonated so heavy and uh just i remember eric fury was on this podcast a a few weeks back and he was just speaking about how he has come to find or come to believe that there are just no coincidences in life and you're just kind of put in these places at, at certain times almost on purpose and it just felt like i was meant to be in that room to to hear what Bean had to say in regards to grief that night, and it was just uh, it was so nice to to get to hear what they had to say in regards to it, and just really really helped me maybe understand some things, or or just to I think it can feel a little bit crazy sometimes to me about how much the the passing of Braden has shaped my my views and my life and uh how i want to live it it can make me feel a little uh 
a little psychotic at times. I mean, I, I think it's all coming from the right place within me, but it's uh, sometimes it's hard to understand how one event can shape you so much. And uh, the passing has has definitely has definitely done so, and it's created a lot of fuel for the creative fire and the desire to to lead a, a meaningful life and i know that i have talked about this a lot on uh on the podcast so this is nothing new for for you for those of you that that follow this thing intently or or follow it closely i guess but this last year in particular with uh dealing with the grief and things connected to that relationship have been the hardest they've ever been to deal with this past year. It's just, uh, it's brought about a lot of things inside me that I've had to, to kind of reckon with. And, and it's strange, you know, the, the grieving process, which I don't even always recognize as being the grieving process is, is just this thing that is a little unpredictable because I think for the most part, I find that fuel pretty often. And I find a lot of positive things in the grieving process, or I, I try to convert it into that type of, of positive energy that, that drives things. But it also, because I have, I think, this deep desire to, to keep the spirit alive, I hold that weight pretty heavy on me. And I, uh, I can feel a sense of responsibility that, that I've only put on myself. And I think that that can be maybe to a fault at times. It can, it can feel, uh, it can feel like a lot of responsibility. And I think I make decisions based on that sometimes that, that can potentially maybe not always be in my best interest, but they, they, they feel like they are. And, uh, those things can be, can be hard to shake and it can be hard for me sometimes to disconnect from anything that is attached to my friend because I feel like detaching from those things is going to make it harder to hold on to his his spirit. So I think I kind of wrestle with some some things, just creating boundaries, I guess, for for certain things, and um, just really trying to to practice being a little bit less hard on myself, which is extremely difficult and uh it's been heavy talks on this entire road trip with Isabeau is uh just these these discussions about wanting to be good and feeling like you are always trying to do things to be good and maybe building a reputation of uh of being a good dude, hopefully for, for good reasons. But also, uh, I think when you feel that you are bad, it can, it can feel very, uh, 
isolating and it can be confusing and it can really get inside your head or at least for me it can make me feel a tremendous amount of guilt when I have let people down and I know that's not some hot take and I would assume that most people feel a lot of guilt when they let people down but I think when you build your life around trying to be good and then you recognize hey you are actually being the bad guy here or this situation is 100% on you and your fault it can feel extremely heavy to me and very confusing and just really trying to to sort through some of those things so that those lows don't have to feel so low and I know that's just also part of uh, the nature of my uh, my chemicals working together is that uh, you know big highs low lows it's just just the way things are sometimes and I'm just really trying to I'm trying to live in that middle ground that 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 balancing act of just the smooth the smooth sailing but I don't know exactly uh, necessarily like what the the point of what I'm trying to communicate here except that I I know that uh there's no there's no perfect way to doing things there's no perfect way to uh celebrating my my friend and there's no perfect way to to honor him or perfect guest that could have made episode 333 just this absolute special thing but i am i am certainly trying to figure out ways to to honor his spirit and and carry it with me in ways that are good for me and uh, trying to avoid the ways that no longer carries his spirit or honors him because I, I know if I could speak to him, he would not want me to feel the weight of these things in a negative way. He would be so irritated with me for spending so much time trying to figure out what the perfect 333 is because that is not a a weight or a burden that he has asked me to carry. And um, I think just coming to grips with those sort of things is uh, is difficult at times, but I am learning to... Uh, to be better with them and and I know if I just keep living my life in a meaningful way the opportunities to to honor him will will present themselves and his spirit will find its way in and 333 will keep coming up on that clock and there will be more than an episode 333 of this podcast to have the opportunity to uh to maintain his spirit and and keep that alive within me however it may allow itself to so i know this episode doesn't have uh, a whole lot to do with music necessarily this week but music has has definitely seemed to have led me up to this point while where i am speaking into a microphone in uh 
in a vehicle outside of my uncle's house here in Santa Monica and uh, I'm continued to be blown away by uh, the opportunities of, of chasing chasing whimsies or chasing down dreams or just being open to uh, possibilities continues to to lead me to some pretty cool places and I'm just so stoked that my paths keep crossing with uh, these people that have such big impacts on my life and I I go back to this thought a lot, but I feel like in in a lot of cases you only cross paths with people when when both people show up to do the thing. And and close to ten years ago, I showed up to to Portland, Oregon, to to try and uh, shift some things in my life. And uh, Braden also showed up to do the same thing, and it it kind of led us to each other, and and has uh, just in enriched my life so much so i cannot uh thank him enough for everything he offered to to my life and what he continues to to offer through his spirit so if you're out there you're going through something um i am certainly i'm certainly with you and i hope that you can uh find some counsel whether it's within your friends or your family or professionally that can can help you work through those things and uh make you feel less alone with them and help you feel like they are not this burden that you cannot get out from under and even if you feel like all you can do in these moments is is tread water treading water is uh, is good enough sometimes and reaching out for help is also good enough and should never be looked down upon. So I hope that if you are in need, you are finding what you need. And I appreciate you taking the time to listen and let me do some healing out loud with this one. Typically, there's a, a sponsor read that happens in the middle of the episode, but this one felt a little weird to interrupt in the in the midst of things. So thank you to North 45 for sponsoring this episode, Northwest Portland bar in the alphabet district, tons of beers on taps, great food. And you can catch DJs there every Sunday from 4 PM to 6 PM through the winter on their covered heated patio. And of course the OG sponsor distro kid, Thank you for continuing to support. Find that DistroKid discount link in the episode notes if you are looking to put music out of your own. And to play the episode out, I want to share a song with you that was inspired by my dude, Braden that I've been working on. It's titled Longboard 333. And I wish that he was here to offer his feedback and help me shape this one, but... I suppose that he's done that in a much more mystical way than he has done in the past with some of my other songs that I got to work on with him. But uh, I don't share a lot of music publicly these days, but thought this would be a nice opportunity to do so. It's a super raw iPhone voice memo recording that I just threw down and uh, this is it. Stay up. Stay tuned, it's a program. 
When I first met you, you were clean Long boat on the water And you really know how to lean in You found comfort in the chaos And spent time in Till the end is I sit here now with you and speak aloud.
Him for seasons.